and you smell it, change is coming. Everything must change, and we're glad for that in some respects, aren't we? Change is a common enough word. We use it over and over and over again without much thought, and oftentimes it's a welcome thing. So the snow will melt today. The ice will go away, and we will rejoice in that change, won't we? The cold weather will disappear. Punxsutawney Phil has told us, and I saw a robin yesterday. So change is coming. Change like that is welcome, isn't it? But not every change is. Sometimes we use that word change and we get a little nervous, don't we? Especially Lutherans, right? We like things the same way over and over again. But it's not just a Lutheran thing. It's a human thing. We like our routines. We like our orders. We like our rituals. We like things over and over again the same way. Now, you might be able to change a thing here or there, but we like it when everything goes predictably. We like it when Coach Calipari recruits the right guys. We like it when UK struggles at the beginning of the season and gets better and better and better as the year goes on and they're ready for March. We like our order. Change to that order can cause us a little bit of consternation. Today we are told in no uncertain terms that everything must change. Ye must be born again, Jesus told Nicodemus. Everything must change. Not just the world around you, but everything must change, including you. How does that message sit in our hearts? I don't usually like to be told that I must change. I like it when everyone else has to change, when everyone else has to do the kinds of things that I have, like to do, when everyone else has to eat the kind of food that dad likes to eat. I kind of like that. I like the message that everyone else must change, but to be told that I must change, well, that makes me a bit uncomfortable. But this is the message of the transfiguration. Everything must change. And that's good. In the transfiguration of Jesus, we see a revelation of the coming glory. We see a revelation of his glory, and we see a revelation of the glory that he has laid up for us. But just like he was changed, just like his appearance was changed there before the disciples, so you must also change. Or we should put it better, you must be changed. The transfiguration of Jesus is a little bit of a taste of the end. It's a foretaste of what is prepared for Jesus. And you can hear how excited the disciples were to be there. It was the good kind of change. They liked it, right? Peter was so happy to be up on that mountain with Jesus to see Moses and Elijah to feel the presence of the Lord that he said, let's stay here. Let's keep it this way forever, Jesus. I'll build a tent, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah and me and James and John. Well, we'll just kind of bask in the glory. We'll enjoy it all, Jesus. We like this kind of a change. That change that Jesus went through, this showing forth, the transfiguration of his face, the transfiguration of his clothing, and the voice that came from heaven reminds us of what happened at the beginning of his ministry. Remember how when he jumped into the waters of the Jordan River, when he forced John's hand, John didn't want to baptize Jesus, but Jesus said, this is the way it's got to be, brother. Remember how the voice came from heaven. This is my beloved son. At the transfiguration of Jesus, we see the end 
of what had begun in baptism. When Christ began his ministry, when he joined us in the waters of baptism, when he put his lot in with us, standing in solidarity with sinners, here is the end of his ministry. A little glimpse before we come to the end. And in Jesus, in his own person, we see what is prepared for us. In his own person, Jesus shows us what God is preparing for us. In the person of Jesus, we see wonderfully this union of God and man, not separated at all, but joined together in one person, the divine and the human nature dwelling together in perfect harmony. It's almost like the burning bush. Remember the burning bush? There was this bush, and it was on fire, but behold, it was not consumed. And in his own person, Jesus shows us the true meaning of that burning bush, that God would dwell with man, and man would not be consumed, that the holiness of God would not destroy the unholiness of man, that the power of God would not destroy the weakness of man, but that they would live together in perfect harmony. What Jesus has done in his own person is what is prepared for you. But Jesus ended that vision that Peter had and James and John by saying some kind of strange words, didn't he? Tell no one about this, guys. Talk about an impossible command. Can you imagine Peter, James, and John coming down the mountain thinking, I can't wait to tell Andrew what I got to see. I can't wait to tell Philip that I got to experience this. But Jesus says, listen, don't talk about this. Tell no one the vision until, until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. They got to experience a little bit of the ending. They got to experience what God had, was doing, what he was preparing, but it wasn't, it wasn't complete yet. A cross had to come first. A betrayal had to come first. Before they could experience the fullness of the glory of God, before they could enter fully into that glory and talk freely about it, the cross had to come. And this shows us what it means that we must be changed. For the same thing that happened to Jesus must also happen for us. Before we enter into glory, we must pass through the cross. The cross comes first, and the resurrection follows. This brief and sudden anticipation of Christ's glory didn't last. The shining face, the bright clothing, those things disappeared. They lived on in the memory of Peter and James and John. And every time Jesus spoke, every time he did something from that moment forward, I would imagine that they remembered that instant, that they remembered that here is the, the beloved Son of God. But the glory, the glory didn't come fully until the cross first came. And this makes sense to us, right? We cannot dwell with God until our sins are done away with. Man cannot fully enjoy God until what is unholy and unclean and impure in us is first done away with. And so, yes, it makes sense. The cross has to come first. The blood of Jesus has to come first before we can glory in his resurrection. We're happy to hear that. But this transfiguration of Jesus is also the model for your change, too. Before you can enter into the joys of heaven, you must first pass through a cross. Everything must change. And while we welcome that news when it comes to snow melting away and birds singing in the morning and flowers growing up out of the ground, we like that kind of change. 
to be told that everything about us must change, well, that makes us a little uneasy. And yet this is the message of our Lord Jesus. Repent, be changed. Repent, become totally different. Be born again so that you may come into the glory of God. This was personified or typified for us in Moses. Remember how Moses' ministry began? Remember how when he was called to the burning bush, how he came into God's presence there at the bush and he was terrified? Remember how he spoke with the Lord and the Lord said, Moses, I've got a mission for you. I'm going to send you into Egypt and you're going to bring my people out. What was Moses' response to that glorious mission? Um, I'm not so good at talking. Could you send someone else? Moses had to be changed. Moses' face didn't just instantly shine. He didn't just become glorious and holy immediately. He had to be changed. And that change for Moses didn't happen overnight. That change for Moses involved a little bit of suffering even. When he came to the people of Israel down in Egypt, they were happy to see him at first. After all, he brought them good news. God is going to bring you out of Egypt. But their happiness quickly changed to frustration with Moses. When Pharaoh heard the message, he laid heavier labor on the Israelites. And you know what they said? It's your fault, Moses. You made our lives worse. And you know how even when he brought them out of Egypt, even after they passed through the Red Sea, what was Moses' ministry like? It was like a mom and a nursing baby, constantly crying, constantly grumbling, constantly complaining. Moses had to put up with them over and over and over in the wilderness. And it wasn't until Moses had passed through those trials, it wasn't until Moses had gone through that suffering that he could come into God's presence, like you heard this morning, without being afraid anymore. Only when Moses had passed through his own kind of a cross could Moses come and speak with the Lord. Only through the cross did Moses come to know the Lord and so stand in his presence without being terrified and receive that kind of shining face. That's the same way it is for Christians. We will not enter into glory without a cross. Don't be surprised when you go through trials. Don't be surprised when you go through difficulties. Don't be surprised when God gives you challenges to face and to overcome. This is the way it has always been for God's people. This is the way that it was for our Lord Jesus. And as we are disciples of him, so we follow in his footsteps. Yes, we are changed, we are converted, we are made new men and new women instantly, right? It happens immediately. When you hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is the power of God unto salvation. The Holy Spirit works a new being within us. When our children are baptized in these waters, there they are made new creations. They are born again by water and the Spirit. But what is born again in us has to grow in us, and that takes a little bit of time. When you want to change something in your own life, do you just sort of hope for it? Do you wish for it? Or do you do things? Do you take steps to make changes? If you want to make a bodily change, right, every once in a while you'll hear these advertisements, and they're too good to be true, aren't they? You can lose 20 pounds by eating the same foods you've always eaten. You don't have to change anything. Just do this one little life trick, this little hack. They're too good to be true. They don't work. 
If we want to change our bodies, if we want to lose weight, if we want to get stronger, we have to introduce an element of change. We have to change the foods that we eat. We have to change the weights that we lift. But as we go through those things, the change comes, right? Well, what's true in our bodily life is also true in spiritual life. To change you, to make you grow, God doesn't just sort of wave his hand over you and say, all right, now you're a complete work. Now you are finished. Now I'm done with you. You've passed through this world. You're ready for heaven without ever having to face any difficulties or any challenges. You know better than that, don't you? You know how it is that God makes us grow. You know how it is that faith is strengthened. It's not by the waving of a hand and the removal of all difficulties, but it's through the cross. In your trials, in your sufferings, you are made perfect. In your trials, in your difficulties, when you are humbled, when you are brought low and forced to rely more and more on Jesus, that is precisely, precisely where you are changed. And sometimes that change is welcome, isn't it? Sometimes it's wonderful to have your illusions of power, your illusions of control stripped away from you and to realize that we live by faith. Sometimes that's a great experience, but other times, other times it can be painful. It can be painful to have to say, I'm wrong about a lot of things. It can be painful to have to say, I need to change my way of thinking. I need to change my way of being. I need to change my way of talking. It can be a difficult process. But look at the glory that our Lord Jesus has prepared for us. The process that we are going through in this world, the process of being sanctified, as painful as it may be from day to day, the struggles that God puts you through day by day are not a lost cause. You are being prepared for the joys of heaven. You are being prepared to shine, not like Moses' face in reflection, but to shine like Jesus, a better kind of glory, a more permanent kind of peace. That is what the transfiguration of Jesus shows us is laid up for us. Through your crosses, God is working a wonderful thing in you. Through your challenges and difficulties, the Lord Jesus is at work. Make no mistake, never forget it, never suppose that these things are lost to the Lord Jesus, that somehow he's taking care of everyone else and he's forgotten about you. No, through your sufferings, through the difficulties and the trials that the Lord puts before you, he is at work changing you. Everything must change. Everything will change. And that's welcome news, isn't it? Because when I look around at the world, it's not just the problems of ice that are out there, slippery roads and dangerous conditions. There's problems of sin in the world around us. There's bitter hearts in the world around us. There's wicked plans in the world around us. Those things must change, and thank God they will. In the end, God's will will be done, not the will of wicked and corrupt people. Not even my will. And see, that's the hard part, isn't it? In the end, we want God's will to be done. And that means that now, now we have to start praying, may thy will be done. We have to start praying and living so that God's will would be done, even when it means that my will and my plans have to change. Everything must change. And that is good news. Everything must change and everything will change. The things around you that are contrary to God's will will change. And the things that are within you, 
Well, they are beginning to change too. Make this your prayer today. Make this your prayer throughout this week, throughout this coming season, throughout this coming year, that God would begin his work of change, not just in the world around us, but that he would begin right here within us, that he would make my will more like his will, that he would make my hands more like his hands, that he would make my feet walk in his ways, that he would make my mind think his thoughts, that he would make my lips speak his words. Make that your prayers this morning so that the change that he is working will be a welcome one for everything must change and everything will change. To Christ be the glory now and always. Amen. Let us rise together and pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus.